Hey, we're live. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Good to see you. This is a Facebook Ads Masterclass Power Hour. It's been a while, but today we're going to cover, first off, great to see you. We are going to be covering the new ebook, Don't Fight the Beast, Facebook Best Practices 2021 Part 1, which is actually the second half of how to build a winning Facebook ad account in 2021, which is the ebook and course that I launched back in April. So we're going to cover a lot more things. So we're going to get a great deep dive, start into that ebook today and really dive through some of the lessons. And then we're going to answer all of your questions. So if you're watching this live right now, feel free to comment in the comment section. And there's plenty of people on Clubhouse right now that can raise their hands and they too will get answered. This is what we do every week. So feel free to find us here as you want to. Now, if you're on Facebook, Follow the page and like it and share and comment there. If you're on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe because we're here every single week. And we also on YouTube drop new videos on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with deep dive videos on lessons as well as story time, which is a really great, fun thing to let you get to know me. So anyway, without any other delay, let's get to it. Okay, so Don't Fight the Beast, Best Practices 2021 Part 1. By the way, this ebook is available on the Patreon and on facebookdisruptor.com if you want to buy the ebook by itself or you want to join the Patreon where you can get this ebook and 18 other ebooks. Plus, there's going to be a new one dropped in two days uh, on a subscription basis, which is a far, far greater value. But some people don't want to pay subscription. So after everybody asks for it, you can buy them individually. All right. With that being said, we're going to cover uh, two big things today. Number one is uh, actually we're going to cover three big things. Number one, obsolete metrics. CPC, CPM, and CTR. And we're also going to cover iOS 14 and Facebook ads, who's going to lose the most. And so let's really dive into that. And if we have time, we'll get into the complicated ad account section. If not, well, we can save it for next week because we have all the time in the world with each other. So let's make the most of it. Okay. So first thing, obsolete metrics, CPC, CPM, and CTR. So first things first, let's get down to helping you see more success and less stress because we want to help you make more money. And one of the biggest things we can do is eliminate a lot of the things that are a complete waste of our time. Now, what are the big things that are a complete waste of our time? Cost per click, click-through rate, and cost for inventory, CPMs. These are actually giant liabilities to our success because they have no impact on optimized CPM environment, which Facebook is. We are not worried about, can we get the cheapest traffic? Can we get the highest click the rate, you know, the, the uh, best version of like clickbait? Or are we getting like the cheapest inventory and all these other things? This is not actually how Facebook works. And I really want you to level up by avoiding worrying about all of these things that have nothing to do with Facebook. Now, remember, these are valuable pieces, especially if you're on inventory or demand-based platforms, inventory-based platforms being email or other spots where you have a set inventory and you can deliver directly to it. Or if you are buying banner space on like, a major website in case you're going that programmatic route. Other platforms are demand-based, like like uh, Amazon, Google, or even in, in some lesser extent, Pinterest. Keyword targeting-based platforms where somebody asks something and then you show up. In that case, CPC and CTR is really important because you're not curating experience across multiple platforms, across multiple devices to ultimately generate uh, an uh, end user experience. Why, why this is different is, Facebook's number one objective is to keep somebody on the platform for as long as possible, which fundamentally separates it from the Amazons and Googles of the world. Amazon and Google's number one objective is to have an answer to your question and get you off the platform as fast as possible. Google actually rewards people for being the right answer. You notice like the first page of Google's usually a pretty damn good answer to whatever it is that you're looking for. Amazon gets to the thing that you want right away. 
And if you are not the thing, then you are getting ranked on the second, third, fourth page on those platforms. It basically means you don't even exist. So their objective is to get you in, answer your question, get you out. Facebook, on the other hand, the average person swipes the height of the Eiffel Tower on a daily basis. The height of the Eiffel Tower. Do you know how many times you have to do this to get through there? Now that's on Instagram and Facebook combined because remember, they're the same thing. They're two sides of the same coin. So your objective is to really use that attention to measure something that is positive for your business. Now, Facebook's overall objective is to keep people on the platform. So what you need to be doing is finding content that best suits that end user and Facebook's overall business objectives. If you can respect Facebook's business objectives, basically saying, we're in business together, I respect you as my partner, and you try to take care of and respect your end user, your customer, basically saying, I give a damn about my customer, then you're gonna see really good results. Now, the reason this happens is because of something that, because of the way that Facebook architects the bid, and this is something that made Facebook fundamentally different than any other advertising platform that ever came before in the history of mankind and why it's the greatest generation of intent in the history of any advertising. Facebook tries to say, Give us content so that we can give other people a positive experience on the platform. Give us content that will allow somebody to enjoy themselves. Now, on organic content, we say like, wow, our earned reach is getting better and better. We're, seeing, you know, we're getting you know, 1,000 views on our reel or we're getting 10,000 views on our reel. Your paid media is the exact same thing. The more appealing your content is, the more that people are likely to engage with it, like, comment, share, watch the video, whatever the more likely that they're going to show it to somebody else. So Facebook gives you what they call an optimized CPM. They charge you a different rate on how much they're going to cost, how much it's going to cost for you to reach people. That different rate is directly dependent on how good your content is. So instead of trying to worry about our click CPC and our click through rate and our CPMs and all this other stuff, what we need to do is worry about what we call the estimated action rate. Now, it's Facebook's internal term, and your bid is your budget and your estimated action rate. So what you pay to get something done inside of Facebook is directly dependent on how much spend that that ad has to deliver today, or as an analogy, how much work the person in your factory has to do today, and the estimated action rate, how good is the work they can do. That is actually what you end up paying inside of the platform for any of your things, whether it's leads, purchases, whatever. It works the exact same if it's affiliate marketing, SaaS, lead generation, or it's just good old-fashioned e-commerce and direct-to-consumer. That's how the bid inside of Facebook works. Now, the reason that we don't need to worry about cost per click and click the rate and CPM is because it is not about the cost of getting things done. It's about the quality. And that's a very different thing than we get from most other platforms. In Facebook, we are creating an experience across multiple devices, across multiple touch points. Facebook is doing retargeting on your behalf. Somebody might see your uh, messaging on Instagram. They're probably also going to see it on Facebook. Somebody might see you five times before they ever click on something. This is why, first off, why we don't worry about necessarily retargeting on Facebook. By the way, if you want to know more about retargeting on Facebook, you can go to the YouTube. You can check that out. And you can really learn why, unless you're spending at least $2,740 a day, which is a million dollars a year, retargeting for you is probably a really bad idea because it's not actually beneficial to your business because Facebook is already doing it. Facebook is just trying to take your content and show it to the person that it thinks is going to most positively receive your content. Now, getting to another point, every one of your ads actually makes its own lookalike audience. Because remember, we're talking about that qualitative experience. And what Facebook does is it says, this ad 
or this piece of content. Because remember, your ad is just another Facebook post. Every Facebook post is actually just another web page. The Facebook newsfeed and the Instagram newsfeed is just like Google search. It's just another way of showing people various options of things they can click into. Now, the difference between Facebook and Instagram and Google search is it's a multimedia search result that is curated for you instead of you typing something in and then it's spitting out results. That's the, literally the only difference. Instead of you hitting search and typing in keywords, you just hit refresh and then it shows you something new. And this is the biggest change, the only change that Facebook algorithm has actually implemented since I got started back in 2012. The only thing that actually happened, and this was in like 2014, 2015. So, Again, the only change that has happened inside of the Facebook algorithm as far as Facebook ads are concerned happened five years ago. Yes, there's this update around iOS 12 and iOS 13 and iOS 14. We're going to get to that here in a minute. But for CPCs, CPMs, and CTRs, we don't care about them because every ad is its own web page. Facebook measures every web page just like Google does, just like Amazon does for every product listing, which is also just a web page. It measures the click-through rate. It measures the stickiness, how likely somebody stick around. It measures the bounce rate. How likely is it when somebody sees that they immediately leave or do they even just leave Facebook or Instagram in general because they showed you that content? Are you an asset? or a liability to somebody's time on site, which is ultimately Facebook's measure of success. Did somebody stay on Facebook for longer or for a shorter amount of time? That's it. So if somebody stays on Facebook longer or they engage in a more positive fashion, you are going to see lower and lower costs for your ultimate end goal, which is a cost per lead or a cost per purchase, whatever it is that you're trying to drive. Whatever your business objective is, the, whatever your campaign is optimizing towards, if that cost is ultimately going to go down at the end result if your content reaches somebody in a way that they deem is positive and actually gets the job done. Because you could also get really engaging stuff that people love to see, but they ultimately never buy. And that's your job is basically how do I deliver content that people like to see that also drives an end result. Now, because every ad... It's basically its own web page that Facebook can see who responds positively and who responds negatively. What's going on here is every single ad actually creates its own lookalike audience because it's finding the people that respond positively to it and the people that respond negatively. For instance, if your ad starts off with, are you a dog owner? People that are dog owners probably gonna respond positively. People that are cat owners or not dog owners gonna respond negatively. So immediately your Facebook ad is creating a lookalike audience of the people that, that respond positively. You don't need lookalike audiences, for instance. You definitely don't wanna be using interest groups because that is trash. And there's a whole list of videos on my YouTube that you can watch for that. Um, by the way, you, interest groups are basically just a legacy bit of technology that Facebook kept in because it was their version of trying to copy affinity targeting back when Facebook was a cost per click platform and it was Google's ugly little steps cousin. But it has been obsolete for the better half of a decade. So I, I hope that you're not still using them. Anyway, that as a aside, what we are getting at here is that. For CPCs, CPMs, and CTRs, we don't care about them because if your ad is something that is very positive, if people respond very positively to your ad, if people engage with your ad, it's got a high stickiness and a high click-through rate and, and a low bounce rate, what's going to happen is your ad's going to be shown to more and more people because your content is just something that people like to see. Remember, your ad is actually just a piece of content that somebody's experiencing. It's a burden in somebody's experience. It's a billboard in the sky. It's a commercial in the television program, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be a bad thing. 
Some ads, some commercials, some billboards are engaging. Sometimes it makes life better than just the organic thing that's going on. I, I think I, we've all seen commercials that are funnier than the TV show or, or, or those kinds of things that are more memorable than whatever it is that we were watching. Or we've seen billboards that were more exciting at that point in time than the cloud that they were blocking. That happens. Sometimes it's positive, sometimes it's negative. But if your content is positive, then what we're going to see is you're going to reach more people which means you're going to see more and more individuals. Now, those other individuals may or may not be ones that want to actually engage with you, but you're going to reach them for much, much cheaper. So if, you are, if your cost per inventory, the amount of people that you reach for every dollar that you spend drops dramatically because your content is really appealing, well, what is also going to happen? Your click-through rate is going to tank because you're reaching tons and tons more people that might not be interested buyers, but do we care? No, because ultimately... It only is about how much money are we investing and how much money are we making. Now, the advice, the, the opposite, absolute opposite could occur. We might create content that isn't really appealing to anyone except for those that are ready to buy. And in that case, our CPM might be really high and our cost per click might be really high. But our click-through rate is fantastic. Now, the thing is, you can try to manage for each one of these experiences and you're going to rip your hair out because you're not actually doing the work that you need to be doing. What you need to do is give Facebook the right amount of choices where it can ultimately determine, do I want to try to show somebody the thing that they're going to really engage with or am I going to try to deliver the end result that this person is paying for? Because Facebook's ultimate objective inside of the ads platform is to deliver you a consistent result day in and day out to make you spend more money. You teach it what you want it to do by turning ads on or off and giving it more money or taking money away. You are training it to understand what you're doing. It's a machine learning platform. You are teaching it the problems that you want to solve. So in that case, because we don't care about the qual about the, the cost per click, I mean, you can get down absolutely to the lowest cost per click possible and get it down as cheap and cheap and cheap as you want. And then you're just going to get garbage traffic to your website. Now, what happens when you get garbage traffic to your website? Your bounce rate goes way through the roof. What happens when that happens? Your Google search results goes to the third, fourth, fifth page. You're, the people that sign up for your email are not interested. And you are wasting more and more money bringing more and more garbage people into your site. For instance, one of the examples I like to use all the time is if you're like a Ferrari dealership and you're just going to give test drives away to every college student. You're like, hey, look, free test drive of a Ferrari to your college student. You're going to have test drives out the gate, people just lining up to drive whatever Enzo has that's fun that day for free, but you're never going to sell the car, which means you are wasting every single one of your salesperson's time. In that case, that lowest CPC, doesn't matter. So remember, if anybody talks to you about, well, my CPC is good or my CTR is good or my CPM, what, they, what they're telling you is, I functionally don't understand how Facebook works. So I'm looking at metrics that do not apply to an optimized CPM environment to justify decision-making based around my fundamental misunderstanding or ignorance around the platform. And I'm not saying that as a slight, I'm just saying that that is really what's going on. And that's an opportunity to get better. And that's great. We always want to find opportunities to improve our skill set, And a lot of that comes from the humility of understanding what we can do well and what we don't do well. So to kind of bring this full around, lowest cost clicks is basically What's the worst quality traffic I can deliver? Same thing with lead gen. When somebody says, hey, well, I can give you the cheapest leads, what they're doing is saying, I can waste your time more efficiently than anybody else. If you've ever been in the lead gen game, and believe me, like I brought the lead gen ad unit to Facebook. I was one of the first five people to actually run a lead gen ad, and we did it for Nissan, and we cha fundamentally changed the entire auto industry. There's a whole video on that on the YouTube uh, if you want to check it out. Um, but... If you want lowest cost, you are giving up quality. And there's also the inverse is not necessarily true. If you're paying a whole lot for something, it doesn't mean that they're good. 
but there's a balance. And so what we want to do with Facebook is give it the choice of several different types of ads so they can reach several different types of people. Because remember, every one of those ads creates a lookalike audience, and we can either have all of those lookalike audiences basically have a massive overlap, or they cannot reach completely different people. And there's a complete strategy there to whether or not you want to try to solve the problem of getting more and more efficient or spending more and more money. Now, my honest suggestion to most people is try to get more and more efficient. It's far, it's more cost effective to reduce your cost of advertising. To get 10% more sales for the same dollar than to maintain the same cost of advertising at 10% more spend. It's more efficient to make more money with this money that you're spending than to maintain the efficiency at a greater spend because of added operational costs that come into that. Now, that is just Something that some businesses can, will be able to see and some businesses won't, depending on the scale of your business. But my point here is, I always try to tell folks, work on your efficiency. Get a better and better ad. If your ads get better and better, you're going to see more and more people. Your cost per impression, your CPMs are just going to come down because you're making really good ads. And when your CPMs come down, well, you're, ultimately what that's going to generate is a better cost per acquisition. Now, you just heard me say that CPC, CPM, and CTR are obsolete metrics. So why am I talking to you about trying to ultimately uh, lower your CPMs? It's not because getting a lower CPM is the goal. A lower CPM is basically an acknowledgement from the platform that you're doing a better job at creating a positive user experience. But it's not an actionable insight. I will gladly pay a much higher CPM if that's what I need to get my ultimate target cost accomplished. And that's where we ultimately get into strategies around other things, and this is not the time or place for that. But what you really need to take away from this is cost per click, cost per inventory, and click the rate are not actionable metrics. There's nothing that you're going to be able to do right now to improve that metric. And also, ultimately, none of those things directly actually affect the ultimate cost of doing business. A lot of people want to pay a little bit higher cost per click. They want to pay a little bit higher CPM. They don't really necessarily care about the CTR. They want to take a slightly lower one or maybe a slightly higher one because ultimately what that does is give you the best blended result across your business. Now, I'm, I, I, I'm reaching at the time, so we're not even going to get to the iOS 14 and Facebook ad section, but hey, look, we're going to do that next week. Maybe we might even do it later this week. Who knows? We'll make more and more of these Facebook ads, power, Masterclass Power Hours. If you're interested, comment below or DM me saying, hey, look, I want another one, and maybe I'll just do more and more of these. All, all, all that we can. Like, I would love to get the you guys as much of this stuff as possible. And... Um, well, hey, look, I've got time. You've got money. I want to get you more money. We want to see more success. My ultimate goal here is more success and less stress. So I hope that that helps. Really what we've gotten down to here is why you don't need to worry about things that don't matter. If you want more success and less stress, stop focusing on things that you can't control that do not impact the overall success of your business. And what we have on Facebook, the biggest things that you do not have control over that have absolutely no impact on your success is cost per click, CPMs, and click-through rate. What you need to do is work on getting better and better ads so that Facebook can find the best users to match those ads so that ultimately you're giving Facebook the opportunity of creating a better and better experience for the end user. You, if you can ultimately give a shit about your customer and work with your business partner in a positive way, you are going to see success. And that's what our ultimate goal is. Our business partners, Facebook, and our end customers, everyone on the platform. And by the platform, I mean Facebook and Instagram. So give a shit about your customer. Work well with your partner. Success is around the corner. Stop worrying about all the other shit. 
And I'll mention this one last thing, um, just to get to the point. If you do focus on these other things, what you're basically doing is saying, I don't give a damn about my business partner. I don't really give a shit about my end customer and about my consumer. What I'm going to try to do is take something that works in a slightly small way and try to hack it as much as possible so that I can ramp up the level of disrespect and abuse that I'm basically building my business on. And what happens when you do that? Well, your ads work for a couple of days and your costs skyrocket and your account gets banned because you're not giving a shit about your partner and about your customer. And that is the biggest mistake that most people make. All right, with that being said, I'm gonna take a swig here. Please feel free if you're watching this to comment below and I will get to all of your comments, let you let me know. And if you are in um, the uh, clubhouse, please feel free to raise your hand. I'm also getting a DM from one of the students from the Facebook ads MBA program. And uh, I will absolutely get to that too as well. I'm gonna take a swig of this drink here real quick from my friends at Plant Goods and uh, we'll get started. Mm. Fantastic. Okay. So in the order of value coach, you're up first. Let's bring you to the stage. What I'm going to do here, I'm going to ping you up and then I'm going to aim this microphone at you and you are on. So first off, introduce yourself and then say like, how can I help? Sounds great. Thank you, Charlie. Hey, everyone. My name is attorney Anya Goldsby, also known as the value coach. I am a business attorney and founder of Black Esquire. So my question is focused on where do I start? You kept talking a lot about uh, the good ads in terms of engagement. And so I have not done Facebook or Instagram ads at all, but I do have some big events coming up as a coach. Um, I have a course that I want to get those specific target audience to see so that they can register. And so in figuring out what a good ad is to me, I think you need some good language, but I'm also going to be recording a video it seems to make sense. So if you can give me some quick tips on maybe the length of the ad, what I should say, and maybe some, some context in terms of how I could get the most engagement to actually get people to, to lead into actually registering for my course. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. First off, amazing clubhouse etiquette, fantastic work. I just want to compliment you on that. So to answer your question and to repeat this for everybody else, but basically what, what, uh, what she's asking is I'm not started yet. How can I go about respecting this as much as possible so that I can get the best ads and I can set myself up for the best chance for success. And what are the best ad types and what's the best length and all this other stuff. So Great question. I get it all the time. Uh, I actually just got three text messages that basically repeat the exact same question you have. So you are right on point with what everybody else is, which means we are doing a really good job at making this laser focused on something that is actionable for everyone. So first thing, I would highly recommend that you look into an ad type called dynamic creative that will allow you to upload multiple pieces of creative video and static. Now, the reason we want to use this is so that we can allow Facebook to combine several different points where it can share that data set. And if you want to deeper dive into how that works, uh, you can check my Instagram. I actually just loaded a carousel of that up this morning because all of these things do line up. It's funny how that works. Uh, and you can check out more information on sort of the theory behind that. Now, as far as getting down to what the best ad type would be for you, the honest answer is there isn't a best ad type. We're not necessarily going to get the perfect ad to make things work. What we want to do is try to address this problem in two or three different ways. So if you can make a video, that's great. Make two or three videos. And what I mean by that is 
do several of them and maybe make the openings to the video slightly different. Or if you want to shoot one video and then edit it, maybe you make one that's a short, one that's a medium, and one that's a long. Give Facebook the choice of trying to match several different types of content. And then ultimately, it's going to find the person that has a short attention span that wants to get straight to the thing right away and find the person that really just wants to listen and, and really engage with long form video because there are multiple types of people out there. And honestly, your buyer probably is more than one type of individual. In addition to that, I highly recommend that you don't just do video. You also do images because some people see a video in their feed. They're not going to watch. They're, you know, maybe they're out in some place and they're not going to turn the sound on so that you don't have a single opportunity of making a good first impression because you don't even get the chance of making an impression to begin with. So make images as well. And if you wanted to, what I highly recommend is that you make one campaign. I call this one campaign to rule them all. There's an ebook on my site. I'm not trying to pitch more things. It just, I, this is what I do all the time. So I have a lot of extra resources because I haven't really like... I'm just trying to help out and I because my strategies don't change that much I've got a lot of resources to help you out there's a there's an ebook on my site as well on the patreon called one campaign to rule them all and it'll really walk you through this and what we're really trying to do is say let's have one creative testing campaign that is full of several dynamic creative ad sets and each ad set is organized by sales pitch now for you your sales pitch differentiation might be as simple as here's th two or three videos and then two or three images Great. Now you're going to know here's the ads for all the image people and here's the ads for all the video people. And then Facebook can make the determination between do I want to show images or do I want to show videos? And you're going to see a very big difference between the performance of those things. And it doesn't mean that videos are better or that images are better. It means that of the images or videos that you have created based around the attention that you have so far garnished around the site that you have built and the experience that you are crafting right now today, this is the right message. And that's really the big thing that we want to talk about here and really drive home is there's no such thing as the best ad. There's no such thing as this is my winning piece. That doesn't exist. Anybody that talks about their best ad or tries to isolate their best thing and then spend all the money behind it fundamentally does not understand how Facebook works. And that's okay. That's why I'm here to help. Like, and for, for the record, just to give a little bit of clarity, um, I'm part of the Facebook disruptor group. I've brought many products to market like dynamic product ads and lead gen ads. And I've worked with Facebook to define the power of five and literally wrote the book on how to do creative testing inside of CBO with Facebook that ultimately got taught to agencies and quote unquote gurus and experts and, and, and marketing folks back in 2018. So like I, I've been around the game for a long time and I've been responsible for well in the nine figures when it comes to business success and revenue for a lot of different brands from all over the world. So it's, that's just a little bit of a proviso on where I'm coming from. So my advice to you is very much this, make several different types of content that might appeal to several different types of people. Put those together in some fashion, not too complicated, Maybe you make two or three headlines, two or three primary texts, two or three images, two or three videos, set those up in two or three dynamic creative ad sets inside of one campaign. And the point is you're going to be able to say, look, my images are just crushing. I'm just going to turn my videos off because for my spend, for my timeline, for me right now, with the attention that I'm getting, this is just a better investment. 
give yourself choices and let Facebook ultimately determine in a very big direction, do we want to go east or north or south, in this case, like images or videos or testimonials or whatever. And then all you have to do is remove the choice that isn't working well. You optimize your Facebook ad account by removing choices that don't work instead of abusing the choices that do. And that's really what I would do to move forward. Give yourself that level of, of, of opportunity for success. Maybe if this is just for you starting out, put down on a sheet of paper, I'm gonna make eight pieces of creative. I don't care if they're all videos, I don't care if they're all images, but whatever, you're gonna make eight things. And then for each one of those, group them into two or three sections, and then for each one of them, write two or three headlines. For you, let's give you homework. Make eight pieces of creative, maybe four images and four videos. For the images and for the videos, write two pieces of head per headline and two pieces of primary text. That's the, the words that go above the creative in your ad. Make that into two ad, two ad sets in one creative testing campaign. You run CBO against that campaign, which means you set the budget at the campaign level and you let Facebook do all of the thinking. After you spend some money for a little bit of while, you turn off the things that just don't get spent or you turn up the ad sets that are not delivering you the results that you want. And from there, you're going to be in the best chance to see overall success. And I'd highly recommend you try to do this in a way where you're going to be able to let these ads run basically indefinitely. Now, I know that you're doing courses or coaching, so there might be a deadline on some of this stuff. But I would really look into trying to run Facebook ads in a way that you don't have to turn stuff off. I always say... Facebook ads are like employees for your business. If you want to invest in the success of your business, you don't do that by firing employees every week, every month, every couple of months. You do that by making long lasting relationships with people that you end up training to be very successful for your business. So anyway, I, I, I hope that that's helpful. I got a lot of more questions and please feel free to follow and DM me if there's any more detail on that that you would like. Awesome. Thank you so much, Charlie. Really appreciate the information. No problem. I'm glad to help. I'm glad to help anybody else on Clubhouse. Please feel free to raise your hand. Although I got some questions on YouTube and we're going to address that. And then I also did see one from my man, Josh. No, don't worry, Josh, the financial quarterback. I will get to you in here in a second, but we've got some people that beat you out on, on this. So this one comes from Marquino on YouTube it says no interest targeting, just targeting by great ads. Question mark. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let me get it down to a quick little bit. And by the way, if, if you want to know more about why interest targeting is complete trash, there's a great long form video on my YouTube. I'll tweet it out actually at the end of this. So you can follow me on Twitter and I will post that specifically just for you. And then everybody else can check it out as well. But for interest targeting, the reason we don't use it is because interest targeting, number one, doesn't track sentiment. So my, people might be in an interest group because they don't like something. If you talk about something that you don't like, or you visit websites around something that may or may not be good for you, that, that you don't necessarily support. For instance, maybe you go to a restaurant and you really don't like that restaurant. And then you go out on the internet and you talk smack about that restaurant. You're in the interest group. You're talking about it. You've been to the website. You've gone to Yelp. You've typed those words in. You've mentioned it to your friends. You went out for a day just telling everybody about it. Have like, hey, look, the, you know, the beef stroganoff at this joint was absolute garbage. You should never go. Facebook's going to say, well, you're interested in that topic. So now you're in the interest group, which means, especially if you've ever managed uh, customer service, you get a lot more complaints than you do positive. So that interest group might be 5%, 10%, 15%.
50% people that don't actually think positive about what you have to say. So you are paying extra money because interest groups cost extra because it's a level of customization. Remember, anything that you customize costs extra. All those options, that adds up on the price. So you're paying extra to prevent the ad from reaching everybody that it, that it wants to and specifically segmenting it to folks who at least 10, maybe 20, maybe 50% or more actually think negatively about what it is that you're advertising. The reason that interest targeting exists is because it makes it easy for people to run Facebook ads. And yes, there is some success to be had with interest targeting at very low spend levels because ultimately it's not the interest targeting that's getting the job done. It's just you running a decent business. You have a decent product. You have a decent website. There's something else going on. Your business can live and die because you have the interest targeting right, but it's not because of the interest targeting. It's because you just have some of the decent business. The interest targeting is just what got you started. But I highly, highly recommend that you move away from interest targeting as quickly and as aggressively as possible because there's also something else to be done. You might find an ad that works against that interest group, and you've trained Facebook to focus on just that interest group with just that ad. And what that ultimately means is you're never going to be able to scale your business meaningfully because it's going to come off the back of you finding more and more interest groups to try to target and go more and more down the road, which basically means you're going to be willing to work harder and harder and harder for worse and worse results that are more and more unstable. It's going to create for you to have to do more and more work. And the net result of that is not more and more success. Remember, my number one goal here for you is to see more success and less stress so that you can make more money. If you're going down the road of interest targeting, understand that what you've done is basically said, I'm not interested in that path. I want to work harder and harder and harder to see worse and worse returns and be more and more frustrated while not making more and more money. So I highly recommend that you don't use it. Facebook includes it because Facebook doesn't really deprecate too many tools. They don't take things away once they make them unless there's legal concerns. And interest groups was there on day one, basically, of Facebook ads because it was closest thing to Google's version, what they called affinity targeting. And also third parties back in the day, you used to be able to buy audiences to drop into your Facebook ad account around affinity audiences. And it was Facebook's way of saying, hey, look, you don't need to work with other people. We have our own affinity audiences. We're calling them interest targeting. Now, there is some level of some things inside of Facebook that you can target. And what I highly recommend people do is called broad targeting or open targeting or zero targeting. The, the internal term of it is called broad. That's what Facebook calls it. So that's what I'm going to use. Uh, by the way, I just use Facebook's internal lingo whenever I'm talking about something. So lookalike, for instance, is an LAL. If somebody says LLA, you know that they learned from a guru, not from Facebook. I say LAL. I talk about interest targeting. I say broad targeting, not zero or no targeting because I learned from the people that we developed the strategy to begin with over you know, millions of dollars in years and years. So open targeting or broad, the official correct term, broad targeting allows you to get the lowest cost to reach your target audience because you're not customizing it in any way. With broad targeting, you can add in age, gender, and location and not pay extra. You will ultimately have a higher cost because you are reducing the size of the audience. The smaller the audience, the more money that you pay, but you're not paying a premium for customization. You're ultimately just not getting a discount due to audience size. There is 
an economy of scale effect that comes into play. I'm not gonna try to explain all that right now, but nice little Google term right now, if you wanna take a look at it, economy of scale. Basically things get cheaper and cheaper the more and more that you do. So hopefully that helps. Next question comes from American Movie Podcast. Love the handle. It says, um, Understand you should keep your audience as broad as possible. Should you keep it inside the U.S.? American Movie Broadcast Podcast, I would recommend if where your buyers are is where you should be targeting. So if you are targeting only people in the United States, that could be great for you, especially if that's where the most of the people are buying, especially if they're using U.S. dollars and that's where your best delivery methodology is. Remember, if you want to go overseas, you also have to accommodate for language and for currency, and that might not be a cost effective for you. It might be more efficient, you might be able to get cheaper sales in Germany and Korea and Australia and, you know, Guinea, but for you to be able to optimize and build your business around that might be extraordinarily cost inefficient for you to make different versions of your websites and different versions of your ads and to be able to, you know, code all of those different pieces of, uh, for currency might be extraordinarily difficult and a very high cost. And you're going to have to do that before you even find out if it's a worthwhile investment for you. So I highly recommend you make money in your own backyard until you need to go bigger. So my recommendation, that is what I would do for you. All right, we have follow-ups from those guys. I will get to you all in a second, but we do have another one from Clubhouse. And then we have one from Josh. And then I do see you, Marquino, American Movie Podcast, and Stitch Baby. Don't you worry. We are going to get to all of your questions. But first... This is Muhammad Hassan. Let's see if uh, if this was going to bring you up here in Clubhouse. Come on. All right. You're on the stage. Muhammad, introduce yourself. Let me know how I can help. You there? Is it clear? Oh, I can hear I, you I now. Network issue. I can hear you now. You should be good to go. Oh, okay. Uh, hope you are well. Uh, so I am, I'm not taking so much time uh, from you. Uh, my easy question, maybe, uh, is that I am actually targeting broad, uh, and uh, I'm not uh, really care, care about CPC, CPL, as you are saying uh, early. Uh, so I'm not getting actually the real buyers from uh, from my ads. Uh, I'm getting fake uh, messages actually. I'm not using any website for shopping. Uh, actually, I, my uh, business is around a clothing shop, uh, so. Uh, I'm not using any website. I'm using Facebook Commerce uh, Manager or, or uh, Facebook com Commerce uh, feature. Uh, so I'm getting uh, wrong messages or fake messages. Uh, like uh, uh, they are asking just for prizes or they are just uh, liking uh, liking me inside my uh, message of uh, objective uh, campaign. Yeah. So what should I optimize for? Uh, no, I, I, I hear you, uh, I hear you, buddy. Um, and so, um, what we can do here is just uh, let me let me try to, uh, if you don't mind muting yourself, I'll get to an answer here. So, uh, what Muhammad here is talking about is basically he's running Facebook shops. Not really, he doesn't even have his own website. He's doing Facebook on on platform commerce. Now, with that, he's seeing a lot of issue where a lot of the traffic he's getting, a lot of the attention he's getting is not very high quality. Now he's doing broad targeting, so he's getting good rates, but. He's reaching more and more people that just aren't really engaging with him. He's getting a lot of fake messages. He's getting a lot of fake traffic and a lot of people that are wasting his time. So my advice to you is to take a look at how you are getting that attention and what kind of attention, what kind of people are you 
attracting. Remember, we are responsible for the type of people that we attract. Now, whether that's in the real world or on mar in marketing, the people that we surround ourselves with, the type of attention that we get, that is our responsibility. And so what I'm getting to you here is not a lesson in like personal accountability, but in marketing, if the type of attention you are getting is not good for you, then what I would highly suggest is take a look at your messaging and the content and creative that you're using to get that attention. If the attention you're getting is not desirable, then change the way that you're getting that attention. I don't know necessarily that you need to change ultimately the strategy in which you're getting that attention, but maybe the tools that you're using to get it. So in this case, it could be the words and the images and the videos that you're using in your paid media to get that attention. That would be the first place that I would go. There's something in the images and videos that you're using on your paid media right now, your ads, that is reaching the wrong type of person. A lot of times people try to say, I wanna make this thing appeal to as many people as possible so that I get the best answer. And while that does make sense, what that ultimately does is it deprioritizes what one of the things that we call is, um, is, is uh, man, I can't remember the term right now, but basically what we're gonna try to do is make people exclude themselves. So like, I'm not interested. If you can make sure that you eliminate a lot of people from wasting your time because you're letting them know that this isn't the right thing for them, then you are going to only be ultimately reaching the people that are good for you. And then from there, you're gonna see much higher conversion rates. So my number one base of advice for you, my man, is I would not change anything but your ads right now and fundamentally change them in some way. I would look to see who else is doing what you're doing and take a look at what you can copy from them as at least as a nice little bit of a way of changing things up. If you try to change your copy and if you try to change your ads and the way that you're running Facebook and everything else, they're going to change so many things. You're not going to really be able to understand if every move was good or bad. If you don't know the ramifications of your actions and it's going to be very difficult for you to ultimately understand um, what drove success or failure, then your test or the moves that you're making basically don't have any impact because you're not able to take actionable insight from that change. So, Change the most meaningful thing, the ad, and then go from there. That would be what I'd do, and I hope that helps. Uh, we have a lot of other questions, so if you want to know more stuff, please feel free to DM me, and I will gladly walk you through more of this stuff. But does, but does that help for right now? Uh, yeah, uh, I have another question if you have time. It's a little question, just a yes or no answer, actually. Yeah, just go for it. I'll give you a yes or a no, and then we've got to go to the next thing. <laughs> Okay, uh, so uh, many of um, digital marketing guru and uh, any other uh, and many popular blogs are saying uh, we do have to have personal research or uh, marketing avatar uh, have to make. Uh, so is it actually really necessary for Facebook ads or Facebook marketing strategy? Is what necessary? Sorry. Yeah, uh, is it necessary for uh, creating a marketing avatar or uh, uh, personal research? Yeah, I, I, I definitely recommend you should have a very clear idea of who your target customer is so that you know how to talk to them. Absolutely big fan of that. And that goes back many, many, many generations of advertisers will, t will tell you that that's probably a pretty good idea. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, so do you, uh, if, if you have uh, some time, so please uh, make a video on it. Uh, on it uh, so what is sure. the uh, I, I, process of yeah. I love the attention and I, I'm actually, I love the suggestion. I'm going to shoot some more videos today. So I will shoot a video on that. I'm going to write it down in my little notebook right here. 
Um, but thank you very much. Um, and I appreciate the question. And I've got to move on so we can get to everybody's uh, questions. But thank you, Mahal. I really appreciate it. Please feel free to DM me with any other questions. And I'll do the best I can to either steer you in the right direction or help you out if I can. All right. I've got to bring up uh, the next person here. Josh, who's had his hand raised and actually D it, it, uh, texted me. So, uh, Josh, I'm going to do this, my man. And uh, hopefully we can uh, get you taken care of here. Uh, yeah. Financial quarterback. Uh, I love Charlie and Charlie's great uh, with his MBA program. Um, but Charlie had a question. I know we're working on getting dynamic, creative, better with images. Should I be investing in an ad company to do movies or clips or just go to town? Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm a financial advisor, help people minimize taxes, lower risk and maximize their money? Like, should I do little vignette videos like on my iPhone or should I hire a professional video person? Uh, my recommendation is, first off, Josh, love the question. And I'm glad that you were able to meet up with Erin. Uh, she's fantastic at creating images and a great graphic designer. But Josh is having this question of, hey, look, I'm only making images right now. Should I potentially look into video? And my recommendation, Josh, is I love the idea of you getting into video. What I would recommend to get started, because you don't have a lot of insight on what works and what doesn't, is shoot your own videos right now. And it can be just on your iPhone or just with your webcam. It doesn't have to be super high quality in the production value. People don't care about the production value nearly as much as what you have to say. So I know you're a really smart guy. I know you're super successful and extraordinarily well put together. For those of you that can't see, his little icon is is one of the most disheveled looks I've ever seen from you because you're always just so so proper. And this is a, a great image. I, I'm just pulling your leg a little bit here. Um, he's always in a suit. He's always looking great. And if you can put those words out so people can hear what you have to say, you're going to be able to generate that trust in a way that may or may that will probably be complementary to what your images are. And we don't really need, we don't really know what is going to help push your business forward. If it's the images, if it's the right type of image, or if it's the videos and the right type of video. And the honest truth is there's probably a balance between having a little bit investment in column A and a little bit in column B. that's going to do you the best effort. Um, but I would highly recommend right now for us, before we get on our next one-on-one -on -one call is to maybe sit down today and shoot like, three videos. One could be a minute long, one could be three minutes, one could be five minutes, or one could be 30 seconds. I, I, it sounds like it'd be awfully hard for you to get all the value that you have out in 30 seconds, but remember the end person might not care. So, um, but understand like what it is that you can do to get somebody's attention. And when you get their attention, how can you develop trust? Images are going to be great for you. I know Aaron's going to knock it out of the park for you. Um, but I do highly recommend that you try to get maybe two or three videos as well so that we can have several of those dynamic creative ad sets and we can keep our total uh, uh, count of uh, iterations low. But maybe you can do even five or ten of them if you're willing to, and then you can run that you know nice testing that we talk about where you're measuring for the estimated action rate, and then you run only the ones that are the best. Um, but I know that that may or may not be in your wheelhouse and may or may not be something that you can get done. But I highly recommend you at least invest in that opportunity. So it's not just did Aaron's images work. It's what worked better, my videos or her images or together were they stronger than either of them by themselves. So that would be my recommendation to you, Josh. I would love to see that stuff because you've been on TV. You've been on, you know, 
Fox and CNBC and all these places, you know how to talk to a camera. You know how to say things that people are going to trust. I don't think that there's any reason that you wouldn't try to put this real big strength of yours as something that you would use in uh, paid ads as well. You make it. Now that's great, Charlie. And Charlie's the best at Facebook. We, we spent a lot of money hiring consultants, and now we're sort of doing it ourselves with the same results. And I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's how good Charlie is. I mean, I also learned a lot from you that, that the algorithm is so much smarter than, you know, we give it credit for. So I really thank you, Charlie. The other thing on that, do I do raw videos? Like with an iPhone, is that privileged better than higher quality stuff? Or, there's, or not really? there's, we don't know. The honest truth is it's completely up to how the end user, when they're scrolling through their feed, what they're going to respond positively to. So I would start with just raw video. And if it works well, say the raw video does well, you can always invest in higher quality. But if you invest in high quality and it doesn't work out, your opportunity cost is pretty high. I might go down the road of several raw video where you try different messaging angles. And then the angles that work well, maybe you invest in high quality once you've done that market research. Oh, that's fantastic, Charlie. You're the best. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much, Josh. I'll talk to you later. And I haven't seen you sign up for this week's one-on-one, -on -one, so get that Calendly link. Let's get you going. Yes, I oh, I just had a baby. I, I know. I heard you number seven for you. Erin told me. I didn't even know. She told me it was great. Well, congratulations. I got a Thanks. lot. I got a lot more questions here, Josh. So um, get Tyler to sign up, man. And if you can join, that'd be great. Otherwise, we'll, we'll get we'll get him in. I got a lot more questions. We're running out of time. But hey, look. If we have to go over, we have to go over. But I promise everyone that asked the question is going to get answered. That's what this is for. We try to do this every week, but I'm also getting married in, in, uh, in 12 days. So uh, I've been super busy trying to take care of all of that, plus a bachelor party and a bachelorette and just taking care of family stuff. So I haven't had been able to have the chance to do these, but I got it now. And we're going to get it done. And if you guys enjoy it, please DM me, share, tell your friends, and I will gladly do this again Throughout the week, we can do two or three of these. I got all the time in the world. I just want to see you guys see BC success. So, Josh, I'm going to move you down to the audience here. We've got some uh, questions coming from YouTube. And then we've got a question here on Clubhouse. Shahid, I do see it, but I've got some people ahead of you in line. I'm going to address them, and I'm going to try to go lightning fast through all this stuff. And for what it's worth, if this is moving way too fast for you and you can't write all this stuff down, don't worry. Please do not try to take notes on all this stuff because you can go to YouTube and you can watch the thing again and again and again in slow motion or halftime if you need to because I know that I talk really, really fast. So, uh, and, and thank you, everybody. Wishing me the congratulations. I appreciate that. Okay, so getting back to the YouTube questions. Uh, Marquino says, how long and how much budget do you need the recommendation if no interest targeting, just targeting by great ads? Marquino, what I'd recommend is you no longer think about how long or how much money do you invest in testing of ads. Testing of ads is an evergreen effort. What you're trying to do is say, this is my current test. Is my next test going to beat it or is it worse? You no longer have a deadline on your test. It's not does it win or lose. It's does the next test beat it or lose to it. You're constantly just trying to make slight improvements. The, uh, the idea of Kaizen is really at play here. What you want to do is improve things week over week. Do not start a test that you can't invest in having run all the time. And that's a very big deal 
but bake in the cost of testing to your operations. A test is just like the electric bill. It's just like the water bill or the mortgage. It's something that you're going to have to pay to do business. So there's no more of how long or how much budget. Now, recommended for me, I try to say maybe 10, 20% of my daily spend goes to my testing. That's a minimum. And if you don't have winning ads yet, then 100% of your spend goes to creative testing. And then the next test, all you try to do is beat the winners from the previous one. And you constantly keep it going. It never ends. Ultimately, Facebook is a scientific method testing platform. The way that you run Facebook properly is you establish a winner and you try to beat it. Everything else besides that is a waste of your time. And I want to see you to have more success and less stress. It is unsuccessful and highly stressful to try to chase down a million different things. When the platform is designed to say, this is my control, this is my variable. Does my variable beat or lose my control? Facebook is quite literally designed to operate exactly like fifth grade science class. If you pass fifth grade science, you can run Facebook ads. Next question, American Movie Podcast. Does Facebook show which ad is the best inside of Dynamic Creative? You can pitch the best performing ones and make more ads like that. American Movie Podcast, great question. Facebook does not directly show you which post ID, which web page, which ad did the best. However, it does tell you which one, which elements spent the most money and which ones drove the most desired actions. So you're going to be able to see by dynamic creative element in the breakdown section where the money is going. Additionally, um, you can click on previewing that dynamic creative ad and it's going to show you um, a bunch of ads. Now, those ads that it shows you are the ones that Facebook has determined have the highest estimated action rate. Generally speaking, the ones that have the highest estimated action rate are about 50 to 70% of the time also the best ad that you're running because generally speaking, the one with the highest estimated action rate is also the one delivering you the majority of your business because again, Facebook is trying to show people positive ads. And if it's not working for your business wise, you wouldn't be spending on it in the first place. So the thing that's getting a lot of money that is still running is probably the thing that's good for your business. And if you want to see that, you can just right click on the timestamp and it'll open up in a new tab and bam, that new tab is going to give you the post ID of that winning thing. So anytime anybody ever tells you dynamic creatives don't show you the winning ad, it's because they don't know how to do it. And honestly, this thing has been around since 2014 that you can find the these uh, elements. So I highly, highly recommend that you do that. By the way, it's not just for dynamic creatives has been around since 2014, but just the idea that you can click on a timestamp of any post on any social media platform and see the actual post ID and open it up on his new own webpage um, is a hack there. And I learned that because I was trying to spend like, I think it was like a $200,000 budget for Dr. Phil for some tweet and I needed the URL and nobody would give it to me. So I just found the tweet and then right click on it, open it up in its own account and boom, there was the URL. But that was uh, like seven years ago, back when I was spending like a million dollars a day for CBS television. Those days are behind me now because that is stressful, I tell you what. Anyway, fun fact, there you go. Marquino says, how to know if something is best performing when the conversion tracking is improper? Um, Facebook's tracking has never been 100%. Facebook tracking, just like Google, just like any reporting platform on the, in the world that relies on third-party data is not 100% accurate. But the level of inaccuracy is constant. Facebook might be wrong by 20%, but they're wrong by 20% every day. They might be wrong by 50%, but they're wrong by 50% on everything. The point is, whatever your inaccuracy is, that inaccuracy is universal. So 
all you need to do is eliminate the things that do poorly, right? You want to choose wisely to, to, to not necessarily completely directly lift uh, uh, search for the Holy Grail. But anyway, I, I hope that that's helpful. What I'm getting at here is what you need to understand is where the money is going is where Facebook thinks people, the end users can have the best experience. And then for you, you have to understand that basically that performance that you're seeing on Facebook is an accurate representation of the balance of that performance, but not necessarily the allocation of everything. And for what it's worth, I beg that people can please stop looking at what we call bottom-up attribution. You, there's no way in the world you're going to be able to say, well, this sale came because of this Facebook ad. That is an invalid argument, and there's a whole thing that I've got about attribution. And maybe I'm, I'm going to do – that's going to be uh, a video I'm going to shoot later today, bottom-up attribution – um, and that'll be out later this week or next week, depending on uh, my timeline. But I'm going to shoot that video today because I'm really just sick and tired of people saying, well, Facebook attribution is this. So I don't know why, because that's basically just built on other people giving really bad advice. Primarily, the folks that give that advice are folks that were poorly trained and overworked or just trying to protect their own bottom line. And when it comes to digital attribution for Facebook ads, that ultimately comes from ad agencies, of which I used to be an owner, supervisor, director. Um that that's to protect your bottom line. That's how much credit for everybody's work can I take credit for? And I'll give an example for those watching on YouTube. You're going to be able to see this. And for those on, on uh, clubhouse, I apologize. You're just not going to be able to, but here's a nice little graph of somebody clicked on a Facebook ad, right? Now they went to the site from that site. They then maybe the next day search for something and then they get an email and then they get a text message and then we make one sale. However, our reporting is going to say we made four sales. Doesn't mean we made four times as much money. You know who doesn't give a shit about attribution? Your finance department. You know who doesn't give a shit about attribution? Your fulfillment center, your manufacturing, your customer. Nobody gives a damn about the ego of the advertiser trying to take credit for work. So what we ultimately need to do is manage spend and revenue. Other than that, everything's a luxury item to help us try to get to the right direction. Hopefully that's helpful. Okay, um, and I know that that's a huge fucking uh, hornet's nest of things, and I'm going to do a whole, like, long-form video on it later today. That'll be out sometime this week. Um, feel free to DM me if you want to know which one of these videos. I would love to know which one you want to have first, but I already have one queued up for today that is going to be a bit of a shots-fired situation, but I'm fine with that. Um, so Stitch Baby says, does broad targeting work with new pixel and small testing budget? Stitch Baby, yes. 100%. Because targeting isn't what's important. It's the creative. How many people do you, how much money do you want to pay extra to make sure that the ad doesn't reach the people that it wants to? That's basically the question of, well, should I use interest targeting? My response is, do you want to pay a premium to make sure that your ad can't see the people that it wants to see? The answer is yes. I would like to pay more money to reach less good people. Go for interest targeting. The answer is no. Um, that seems like really bad math and I want to succeed and be less, more successful and less stressed. Um, I would say no, really prioritize your ad. All right. Uh, Marquino says, is a lookalike of a custom audience customer list still great? Is a lookalike of a landing page view still good? 
Um, is it look like if a custom audience, the customer list still great, Marquino? I highly recommend you can absolutely have a look like of your CRM list, your customer list, but make sure that that list is constantly updating. Otherwise, that lookalike audience will not constantly update. You want that lookalike audience to be as dynamic as possible, and I highly recommend you try building it off of a pixel event. That's what I'd highly, highly, highly recommend because your pixel event doesn't just show you the things that occur inside of the UI, but it actually shows you every single event. If you take a look inside of your events manager, you're going to see way more events than the actual UI shows you because not everything is attributable in every fashion. So what we want to do is try to make the best lookalikes we can. And then your second question, is a lookalike of landing page view still good? No, it was never good. That was always a bad idea. But people saw success with it because some of the people that land on your landing page also buy. It's just a much lower quality lookalike audience. And again, if anybody tells you you should make a lookalike audience off of something that is not your desired end result, you let them know, hey, I don't feel like investing in losing. Do you want more window shoppers or do you want more buyers? You can try to find more people to enter your store because of the window display. And yes, you're going to get more buyers but you can get a lot better results by just trying to find more people that look like those that bought from you. Wasting your time and then trying to find other people that are a waste of your time will bring you more people that buy, but it's a far, far more expensive and less effective way than just saying, who's actually worth my time? Let me focus my time and effort on them. Um, and I know that there's a lot of experts and so-and-so that highly recommend it. And I'll say this flat out, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. All right, cool. Uh, most of them have avoided paying attention to the lessons that people like me have been teaching them for years. And I do have a bit of a reputation in the business for being aggressive to those individuals. And it's primarily just because their absolute shit advice based around their own ignorance and ego causes harm to the success and happiness of many others. That's where my motivation comes into play. Next thing comes from Tavim123. And yes, don't worry, Clubhouse. I did see that you raised your hand and you are on the list. Don't you worry. We have one question and then we're coming to you. TADM123 on YouTube says, I'm having trouble with Facebook Business Manager and it's tracking my events. It's a mess nowadays. Do you recommend a third-party tool that is also cost-effective? Love this question. And I've got several answers that I've been giving to the, everybody for the last several weeks built on success that I've seen through the last several years. First off, I highly recommend that you use Conversions API, now called Cappy. Back in the day, it was called Server to Server. I highly recommend that you utilize that. In addition to that, if you don't have the tech savvy or the developer to allow you to upload offline, to upload all of your conversions as offline events and do all of the tracking for you, you can pay for third-party tools. Now, the two that I highly recommend one of them is Wicked Reports. Wicked Reports is fantastic if Facebook is your primary effort and you want to see a ton of data. But I also don't necessarily recommend it for everybody because it can be cost prohibitive. It honestly depends on the level of solution that you need it to provide. They try to provide a good product and the quality of their product is great but it might be too expensive or not enough of a solution, but that is definitely somebody I would reach out to and take a look at. Another tool, if you're built on Shopify, that I highly recommend is a tool called Triple Whale. They're phenomenal. Now, Triple Whale is great if you are on multiple platforms, but your store is on Shopify. They are one of the, the new they're one of the new kids in class, and they're very, very good, and they're constantly adding new products. So they don't have everything yet, 
but they're developing it. And because they're new, you can absolutely request things specifically built for you. And if you're one of the 20, 30 other people that suggested it, odds are you're going to see it. They're extraordinarily good at customer service and providing new opportunities. So I highly recommend you check them out. Triple Whale. Um, the last tool is one called Hyros, H-Y-R-O-S, Hyros, from a guy named Alex Becker. Now, Hyros is great. And it's super powerful, but it's also way more than most people need. But if you're on multiple platforms and you're stored maybe not on Shopify, maybe it's on Wix or WooCommerce, and you're advertising on four or five different platforms, Hyros might be a wonderful place for you to centralize all of that data. Ultimately, what every single one of these things do is they apply another tag to your site. So there's another... Um, there's another data provider that all of your ads get a tag, extra code that goes on tracking parameters that go on your ads. And then your website has additional code added to it. And they basically collate that data in their own database and display it to you in one fashion or another. Um, most of them tend to give you additional columns inside of your Facebook uh, UI, but they all basically do the same thing. But to recap, Wicked Reports is phenomenal. It sits right on top of Facebook, and it's really good as a Facebook-only solution. Triple Whale, it works for a lot of platforms, but you have to be on Shopify for it to work. And then Hyros doesn't care what your store is built on, and it works for basically any platform that you're running. So those are the three levels of solution that I recommend to you, although I would take a look at the cost and the scale. Is it cost-effective for me to try to solve this problem? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, mazel tov, go for it. If the answer is no, hey, just work on getting better ads and work on what happens after the click. Most brands do not actually work on the after-the-click experience. If you need Facebook to bring you a profitability of two, three, four X on every dollar that you're spending because you're not worrying about the customer journey after they click on your website, there's a lot more opportunity to be delivered for success in, instead of just making Facebook work. And I did a huge tweet about this yesterday when it comes to drop shipping to build a brand on Twitter. And I highly recommend you check that out. It'll make its way to Utopia. It was also posted inside of Patreon early. So if you want to get all this content early, go to the Patreon, sign up, you can check it out. And then it makes its way to Twitter and to Utopia and to other spaces there as well. Shout out to Wiz of Ecom. Now we have one last question to sit us out for the day. This is coming from uh, Clubhouse. Um, so I'm going to let you uh, come to the stage. If you can please introduce yourself and then let us know what your question is. I'm trying this thing. It says I got a pork. Here we go. Awesome. All right. My man, please introduce yourself and let me know how I can help out. Hey, Charlie. How you doing? I'm good, man. It's Monday morning. I'm pumped. <laughs> great, great. Glad to hear you guys there. My name is Oye, and I build high-performance websites for high-performance businesses. All right. So here's my question, and this is something which I wanted to ask you for a while. Um, you know when you're creating your structure with Facebook ads, why would it not be more beneficial to start with a video ad and based on video views, then run a conversion um, campaign to the people who basically saw over, say, 50% of the video? So one ad set is basically we're going to share this video to all the people under this particular interest. Then the next ad set is basically targeting the 
Sure, sure. Ezra Firestone's uh, pitch from like uh, 2018 or so, the, the sequential messaging with video. Um, I've heard it a lot. There are good sides and there are downsides to this strategy. The good side is the people that you reach might very well be interested. The downside is you're only reaching people that are going to watch video. You're only reaching people that watch enough of that video in the short amount of time on that one platform that you were targeting. And it's very cost effect. It is very costly to try to target them and then only focus on those individuals. And you're not necessarily targeting them if they were interested yesterday and then you hit them up the retargeting ad days later. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're looking to buy. Basically, this is an example of an email marketer, Ezra Firestone. Um, coming up with a really great sequential messaging tactic. The problem is that while this does, while this does, while this does work, that's a decent sentence. While this does work, it is far above and beyond uh, in cost and inefficiency than trying to match the right ad for the right person. Because ultimately what you're doing is you are segmenting your user experience out in a way that makes sense for a platform that isn't Facebook. So yes, you can throw videos up, wait for those retargeting audiences to fill with people that targeted 50%, then hit those individuals with a conversion ad. Now the problem is, was that the right video, yes or no? Was the conversion ad that you followed up with the right conversion ad for that person, yes or no? Were there enough people that saw that video for you to ultimately scale with, yes or no? Was that the right messaging for a good conversion rate for you? Yes or no? Was it follow up in the right period of time with the right messaging? Yes or no? These are a lot of questions that you're basically going to never know the answer to. It's ultimately going to be, did this work? Yes or no? And it is a large investment in developing that audience and that creative and then retargeting them. And if it doesn't pan out, you're basically shit out of luck and you lost weeks of your time and hundreds or thousands of dollars. The strategy ultimately makes sense. However, it's designed for inventory-based platforms, not an optimized CPM environment. So Ezra is really smart. And there have been a lot of people that have basically copied his idea and called it their own. Uh, Savannah comes to mind. Um, although I never get to see much of her stuff because she's blocked me ever since uh, I dropped the mic on her at a Shopify event with Common Thread Collective. They offered me a job on the spot and I declined because I said I'd like doing good work, not taking advantage of people. And that's all on camera. You can see it if you are interested. Um, and basically since that point, they've tried to blackball me um, and they've quoted my work for years. The point is, um, it makes sense. However, in practice on this platform, it's not the best way of going about it. I'm not saying you can't make money doing it. I'm just saying that there are far more effective ways of advertising. So basically what you're saying is it's better to just continue with your conversion ad. Either you're going for conversion as a lead or registration to the webinar and then retarget with the video or whatever yeah, whatever sequence you have, make sure that it's evergreen and make sure that you understand the ramifications of every effort that you are making. Um, and I highly recommend that people do not restrict themselves to just video. Because I'll be honest, if I'm watching your ad, if I'm on my Facebook feed and I don't want to watch a video, you lost a customer. Bottom line, you never get a chance to make that second impression or that first impression again because you said, I'm only going to run video. And what you basically said is, Fuck this guy. He's not going to put in his headphones, turn off the rest of the world, turn on the sound and watch what I have to say for 30 seconds, five minutes. And because of that, I'm not going to get his business. And um, there's a lot more people that are going to tell you, basically, there's a lot more people that you're going to miss 
then you're going to win with. Yeah, I definitely concur with that. Every asset, I always try to make sure I have videos and images, but I just wanted to ask that question first. Love it, love it. Um, well, my man, we are running out of time. I got one last question, then I got to hop into the Slack channel because we do have a live there every week, and I do owe those people my time. Um, but we have one more question. This is coming from Boris. So I, 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 uh, please feel free to DM me with any other questions that you have and, and stick around. I'm going to be doing this again because clearly this is a big hit. And um, I will do the best that I can to answer your questions. And if there's other things, I've got a slew of video and a giant, huge archive of articles and ebooks on the Patreon that might be able to answer your question. And if those can't do it, I will try to either design content to answer your question or give you a quick answer if that's what is needed. Anyway, I got one more question and then I got to hop to the next thing. So I'm going to bring you to the stage, Boris. Thank you very again, Aya. Um, and I'm going to bump you down. We'll bring in Boris up. And then we are calling it. Um, thank you, everybody, for making it this far into the thing. Boris, my man, I hope you're doing well. How can I help? I uh, hope that I can get this done for you. Hi, Charlie. Hi. It's actually the first time I'm speaking on Clubhouse, uh, so it's going to be okay. <laughs> so I'm the co-founder of Clubhouse, which is a website that encourages sustainable living. And we recently started a few campaigns around brand awareness and conversion. So our tactic is more to have around 80% on brand awareness. And for the conversion piece, I had a question about what in your experience is the best approach to have. Because right now we're doing reach on people that are already um, that already went to view content. So we kind of do reach campaigns on view content users. Is that um, an approach that you've seen in the past? And what would you think would be the best approach for retargeting? Got it. So to try to repeat this architecture and this ecosystem that you have, you are doing brand awareness campaigns at the top of the funnel to reach as many people as you can below CPM, which if you can make that math work is is, is good for you. I, I don't recommend that most people spend money to do anything other than what makes them money because most people don't have the budget in order to make that work for them and they don't need to do market saturation. Um, but I don't know your business. I mean, look, I was doing absolutely brand awareness stuff when I was running you know, progressive insurance or New Balance. Um, I, I, I didn't, definitely didn't do it when making money was the objective of every dollar that I spent. But I'm not going to try to get into your business model. Uh, and I don't know it, and it's probably working for you. Uh, so Mazel Tov to you. Um, now to your question more practically here around using a reach objective against a view content. I do sometimes recommend people do this. This is one of the hacks to retargeting where you're basically saying instead of, so for a quick piece of advice, when you run a conversion campaign, Facebook is only is not reaching everybody inside of that audience. They're only reaching the people that they think are most positive, they're going to most likely respond positively. So if you have an audience of say a thousand folks, your campaign might only reach two, three hundred uh, uh, of that retargeting audience because those are the people most likely to make a purchase. That being said, a reach objective will ignore that and then. Um, just try to reach, just try to make an impression on every single person in that audience once each day. That's daily unique reach. Um, I, I definitely think there's a good balance to be done. I think daily, a reach objective retargeting audience makes sense if the quality of that audience and the actionability of that inventory is high. And what I mean by that more than anything is if you know that there's a steady outcome of performance or, or uh, delivery of, of results, 
that comes from that audience that you can project. And then you're willing to sacrifice overall profitability and opportunity because you know that there is a direct result that you can count on occurring on a regular basis. Then I think it's a strong move. Um, but I, I do want to give a proviso to that just like I have uh, mentioned here and that, yes, it can work. Um, and yes, I've seen it be effective, but generally only when running it to the most qualified individuals and generally only in incremental efforts to overall conversion objective. If selling something or making a lead or whatever your um, conversion campaign or lead gen campaign or business is built around, um, this is a great way to add something incremental to that. But relying on it solely tends to limit overall possibility. Um, but I have seen it work. I do that myself in some situations. It tends to be very effective for bottom of the funnel, very bottom of the funnel. Um, but it sounds like you have a multiple touch point piece where you are trying to, what the architecture you have makes sense. It's not necessarily set up to succeed in the way that Facebook is designed to function. However, I'm willing to bet that it's probably working for you. And what's most important is that we do stuff that works for us. Um, that being said, I would highly recommend potentially going towards um, just running conversion campaigns to broad audience out of the gate and seeing if you can make that blended result outperform. If you can make that result outperform the cost of brand awareness and the cost of this retargeting and ultimately determine if you need efficiency or volume. What you have right now is an architecture set up for efficiency. It's gonna be very hard to scale, but the results that you get are going to be very cost effective. And depending on your business model, one of those might be a very good outcome. And it's not necessarily the wrong thing to do. It just ultimately comes down to what success for you as a business owner looks like. Does, does that help answer your question? Yes, perfect. Thank you, Charlie. Love it. Okay. Well, look, I got to hop onto another uh, hour-long video with some other folks, so I'm going to let you all go. Thank you very much, and please feel free to uh, DM me on any of the platforms. Give me a follow if, you're, if you like any of this stuff. Let me know if you found value in this thing, and if you did, well, then maybe I will do it again later this week. Why not? I've got the time to do it because helping you guys is basically what I do for a living, um, and the more and more help I can provide you people, the more and more I feel good about myself, and my mortgage gets paid, and the wedding gets paid for and the honeymoon and all of that fun stuff so all that being said thank you all very much i'm going to be back later uh we'll do this at least um you guys can count on me doing this next sunday at this time but uh generally do it every sunday but um knowing that i'm gonna get married and then also go on a uh honeymoon after that maybe we can squeeze in a few before then we can get through the whole new ebook and then take a week off or two weeks off and then come back and make this a regular weekly occurrence anyway thank you all very much find me on the socials at ct the disruptor go on to the youtube subscribe if you've enjoyed that please it would mean the world to me if you found value here that you tell one person about the value that you found and we can share in the success together and that's how uh that's that, that would be the biggest thank you to me is that you told one person hey this was worth my time thank you very much i'm gonna see you all later on the internet all right see you bye